0: Do you know six in ten businesses will fail within the first five years? First five years? Or 43% of Americans need a side hustle just to make ends meet? Just to make ends meet? Or that it takes 10,000 hours to master any subject? Any subject. Welcome to the Expert Process Podcast, where we cut the time to mastery in half with our seasoned pros. And now, from Atlanta, Georgia, broadcasting worldwide. worldwide. Here's your resident expert, Durante Smith.
1: What I do is I like demystify the process. Welcome
2: to the Expert Process Podcast, and I'm your host, Durante Smith. Now, the goal of this podcast is to help you in whatever industry you're in reach mastery in less than half the time how do we do this well by bringing in industry specific professionals with the skill know-how resources and contacts to help you get where you want to go the podcast airs wednesdays and fridays and most importantly it's paired with the 12-week online masterclass by the same name at the end of the 12 weeks we pick a new industry and we start all over again it's just that simple This session, we're starting with filmmaking, and that was our illustrious and legendary guest, Mr. Dove Simmons. Dove, welcome to the show.
1: Durante, you're absolutely welcome. Thank you for allowing me to be on your podcast. And it's a pleasure and it's an honor. And let's get your viewers and your listeners into Understanding Hollywood the film industry, screenwriting, how to break in, how to be successful, how to launch your careers. Happy filmmaking, let's go, rock and roll. So Doug, you're probably best
2: known for your film school, webfilmschool.com. That's probably been around for about 20 or 25 years or so.
1: Oh, it's more, it's more than 25. 35 years ago, I came to Hollywood to be rich and famous, to be a producer, writer, director. I tried, but it didn't happen for whatever reason, stumbled into being a production manager and a line producer, and stumbled into reading a couple thousand scripts as what's called an independent reader, doing coverage, and then a development executive. And then UCLA asked me to give a class, and I was very petrified, and I taught at UCLA. Then a year later, USC asked me to come over to give the class, and I did it also. And then a year later, NYU in Manhattan asked me to come over and give the class, and I did it. And then somewhere around New York, NYU, somebody in the class, I don't even know if it was a man or woman, said, you know, your acts together, why don't you take it on the road?
2: So essentially,
1: you made a class for grown-ups. See, what I was doing is I was compacting film education not allowing it to be four years with wonderful theory and let's watch some movies and let's critique. Not even one year. I was going, let's cut to the chase.
2: I absolutely love that, Dove. Sometimes you just have to cut to the chase.
1: You're an adult. Talent is important. It can't be taught. I don't know how to teach it. You can't learn it. You either have it or you don't. And you've got to Keep working at it. But what everybody starting off their career, if it truly starts, wants to know is what does everything really cost? And how do I start? Nothing with the technology. And I basically put together what I call a two-day film school for adults that have talent. And on day one, I teach step-by-step what's a step. When you have to write a bank check, everything up until that is wonderful theory. I'm sure it's correct. Keep talking. But sooner or later, you got to put your money where your mouth is when you're a producer. And when you make a feature film from beginning to end, you'll write approximately 38 bank checks, or those that are in the top sheet of a budget, the 38 line items in a budget. And in one day I go, this is film, this is lab, this is camera, this is sound, this is light, this is grip, this is dolly, this is cast, this is crew, this is equipment, this is vendors, this is location, this is permit, this is insurance. And I basically, I don't talk low budget and then say numbers like a million to two million, two to three million, three to five, or five to seven million. That is not low budget. That's a massive amount of money.
2: Not very realistic for a first-timer.
1: Low budget is anywhere between about $20,000 and at the absolute stretch, $500,000. And on the first day of the class, I show, assuming you're an independent filmmaker, which means you have your own money, you're independent of the film industry, and I'm assuming you'll have twenty dollars to $500,000 But 500
2: grand is a lot of money for a first film.
1: Here's how to write those 38 checks and get it squeezed into your first feature film and get it done. Here's how to get your pre-production, your prep, your location. Here's how to do your storyboard. Here's how to get your director, get your shot list. Here's how to get your equipment. Here's how to cast the actors. Here's how to get it done week one, week two, week three. Now it's shot in the can. Now here's how to do the picture edit, the sound edit, ADR Foley, et cetera, et cetera, and get done. Everybody's first feature film, remember I just said feature film, not short. Don't make shorts. If you're an adult, why? Because they're gonna be five million made this year and pretty close to not one of them is gonna sell.
2: Well Doug, let me push back on that. A lot of the big name schools, push shorts because they seem to think that's the way in.
1: It's not the way in. It is the way in film school to get ideas, execute them, and see how they look. There's nothing wrong with shorts and making shorts and developing your skill in film school. Right. Absolutely. Once you're out, it's over. Right. No more shorts. Now, feature film. Now, let's make a movie. 90 pages, 90 minutes running time. 50 to 60 scenes. 25 to 30 scenes for the primary A-story with the basic second act structure in it. Three B-story subplots taking 6 to 9 scenes each, all intertwined into the A-story. And each character, when you introduce them in act one, you give them a backstory to each one of them or depth of the character. Now go get that script. Keep it simple. 90 pages. Keep it close to one location. Take my class and I'll show you how to spend 20000 to 500000 to do either a one week, a two week or a three week shoot.
2: And honestly, that's a tight schedule, but it can be done.
1: Basically, you have a 90-page script, enough money for a three-week shoot, an 18-day shoot, shooting schedule, five pages per day. But back to what you asked, Durante. Film schools teach how to make shorts. Absolutely. I think that's wonderful. But point, once you're out of film school, uh uh-uh, don't start harping. You know how to make a short. Now you got to demonstrate your talent with a 90-minute feature film.
2: So let me say this. I will tell you from personal experience taking your course. It's very intense. It's very educational. It's very targeted, right? So you don't delve into like the real nuts and bolts of it. It's not
1: needed. You're going to hire somebody for each step. That's that's exactly right. You just need to know what is it? How much can I afford? Now, how to hire talent and then the ability to say no and stay on budget.
2: And that's what I was getting at. I mean, I've taken a ton of courses. Most everyone that's watching this podcast has, right? But yours was one that I thought really helped me to understand the entire girth of the process. Because filmmaking is a process, you know? And so it was shortly, let me think, it was probably, uh, well, no, it it was a while. It was probably a good seven or eight years after I took your class that I actually made my first film. And that was Prosper. And that's when I actually ran into you at the AFM. We're out there uh, marketing and selling film. But we did Prosper on a budget of, well, it started out a budget of two, two and a half million dollars. Then got scaled down to around two or three hundred thousand dollars. Then got scaled down to me and a few of my partners putting the money in. And we ended up putting in roughly about six thousand dollars altogether. We got the movie in the can, shot it in 18 days, and went back and raised another $15,000 to get it completed. So everything that you're saying is exactly what I experienced, to be honest with you. And that's why a big part for me, why I'm excited to talk to you and have you on the call, is because you were one of the first ones that actually helped me to understand the process, helped me understand how to put the film together how to actually make a film that's sellable. That's one of the things that you always go back to is you're making a product. You know, it's a product that you're going to sell. It's not something that you're going to put on the shelf. And especially not if you're putting your own money into it.
1: What I do, and by the way, thank you so much, Durante. What I do is I demystify the process and I put the puzzle together. And that's probably the best
2: analogy I've heard because it really is a puzzle.
1: And at the end of two days, you just walk out going, I got it. I see the big picture. I know what to do. The film school, NYU, UCLA, USC, or whatever, one year, two year, four year film school, they have the depth of technology, the detail. You take this class, audio. You take this class, sound. You take this class, green screening. You take this to the class, post-production, VHS, VR, visual effects. You take this class, screenwriting. You talk to actors absolutely nothing wrong with those glasses, But you don't get the puzzle. Right. You get the depth of detail, which is nothing wrong with that. It's good. But you don't get the puzzle. When you walk into my two-day film school, or I have it on the internet streaming now in 20 hours, once you sit through that, you go, your eyes light up. And you just go, okay, I got it. I got it. I know what to do now to go forward. It's not going to be perfect, but it's going to get done. It's going to get done on budget, and it's going to get me to my next project.
2: Right, exactly. So when I last saw you, we were both at the AFM, and you were telling me a little about what you kind of have going on currently, um, you know, with your classes. You're basically semi-retired now, and whatnot. But that being said, the AFM is right around the corner, is coming up. What is it that you you take filmmakers out here? They're trying to get a film made. The, these guys are going out to AFM and, and they have, you know, dreams and aspirations. And we all go go to the AFM, starry odd, I think, first time. But what is it that these guys can do to help increase their odds of success
1: at a market like the AFM? Keep the budget super low and get it done.
2: Yes, keep your budget low and get it done.
1: Micro budget, no budget to start your career, which is budgets of ten thousand to about fifty thousand dollars. Right. I'll actually call that low budget, which by the way, how many of your podcast viewers right now can go to their bank account and take out a deposit of that month of money and get the money within five minutes? So that's still a very large amount of money, but we're getting realistically. You want to start your career, not you specifically, Durante, for your listeners. If you want to start your career, first, get a script that you can handle when you have little to no money. That's a feature film. So it's ballpark, about 90 pages, and it's basically a dressed-up stage play, a courtroom drama, a family reunion, one location. Everybody wants to go back to Hitchcock with, quote, Rope, which was actually shot a little bit over 90 minutes in real time. Step one, let's get the screenplay, hire somebody to write it for you, or you find somewhere that you purchased it, make a deal with that person. You get the 90 page, one location screenplay that you love. Not like, and it needs a little work. That means it stinks. You love. <laughs> now, duh, you say the screenplay, but, you
2: take an action film versus, say, a genre film. I see a lot of first-time filmmakers wanting to make these big action films with big explosions and special effects and stuff like that, but that's not really realistic for a first-time budget.
1: No, they'll talking and talking for ten years. They'll start saying low-budget Hollywood, low-budget movie to the studio system is like twenty to twenty-two million and they'll just capriciously pull out of the air, it's going to be three to five million. Then a year later, they're talking a million to two million. Then a year later, they're saying it's just under a mil. I love that just under a mil phrase. Then all of a sudden, it's a half a million, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I know where you're trying to push me, and I'm going to go there. You know, of your first feature film, the genre is it's a stage play. 90 pages, one location. Where you're trying to push me, and I'll go there, because I do agree with it. Now, what is the subject matter in the stage play? The most common subject matter that is not dependent on dialogue, that goes from nation to nation, if it truly has merit and talent, which I don't know how to define merit and talent, is what's called the horror genre. There are many different offshoots of the horror genre, but the joke in Hollywood, which is not a joke, we always say that when you don't know what you're doing and you want to break into the industry, make not a short. The only time we tell you to make it short is when we say, get out of my face. Go away. You don't know what you're talking about. We're, being, we're saying that in a polite way. Right. So let's make a feature film. And we basically make it like a joke, but there's merit to it. When you don't know what you're doing, take eight kids to a house and chop them up. Right. That's the horror genre. <laughs> there are so many ways to do it. There's so many people trying it. Now let's see you do it uniquely different. Right. So that is a little bit, if you're going to specifically pick a genre to go for, of course it's the horror, but I'm redefining it and I'm calling it the stage play, the talking head. 90 pages, one location. Keep it simple and come up with every subject you think is wonderful that you believe in. Now go get, it's easy for me to say, it's outrageously difficult to do, but not expensive to try. Go get the great script that takes place in one location with no exterior night scenes in it. Oh, nice things are expensive. <laughs> don't don't even try them. Those nice they, will not, they never look good when you don't have enough money and enough time to light it properly. Yes, Just sir. put it out of everybody's head. No exterior night on your first feature film. Right. Interior night, you can shoot during the day. Exterior day, you can shoot during the day. Interior day, during the day. Do not try exterior night on a micro-budget, no-budget feature. And I'm sure some of your viewers or listeners are going to try it and say we did it. And if I see it, I'm going to say it looks horrible. (laughs)
2: Exactly. I took to heart everything you taught us about the extended stage play. And what we did is we found this 100-year-old cotton mill that had been converted into a house with uniquely different rooms. It was one physical location, but with the multiple different rooms, it provided for multiple different sets.
1: Well, fair. That's like Spike Lee starting with She's Gotta Have It, an apartment building, this apartment, that apartment, the basement, the foyer, the elevator, the rooftop, Mm -hmm. and maybe five pages exterior out the front door. Yeah. Carry on.
2: Yeah. And so what I think the listener is probably going to miss in this is they're going to want to know why is it that they need to make an extended stage play? And by stage play, we mean one location. But What they don't understand is every time you move your company or your crew, it costs you time and it costs you money. That all being said, I agree with you 100 percent, Doug. Keep your production schedule as minimalized as possible so that you can get your performance on screen. At least that's my experience.
1: Here's the emotional and business aspect behind Keep It Simple. 90 pages, one location. The only thing you can't manufacture when making a feature film is sunlight, daylight. Sun comes up, let's call it 7 a.m. Sun goes down, let's call it 7 p.m. That's 12 hours. However, you want first shot at 7.05, and you're going to probably be shooting to 7.15. So that's 12 hours of work. However, to get everybody there to get first shot at 7.05, you better get them there at 6 a.m. And you better have coffee and craft service and breakfast because nobody works until they look at coffee. Right. So you're going to wake up at 5 a.m. And you're waking the crew up at 5 a.m. Final shot is going to be at 7.15. Now you've got equipment sitting around. you got a plan for your shot list for tomorrow. And by the time everybody gets home, it's 10 or 11 o'clock. Then in the old days, we would have dailies that we would go to a screening room at 12 o'clock. And then, oh, now it's tomorrow. we got to get up again at 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. After three days of 15-hour work days, you become, and the crew become, zombies. That's a little over the top. They're not zombies. But change the location, just three blocks, and of 15 people in your cast and crew, I guarantee after the third day of 15- to 18-hour workdays, four of the people will never find it. It will fall apart. Keep coming back to the same location, zombies, Keep coming back. You'll have coffee. You'll kick in your personality. You'll pat some people on the rear end and you'll tell them how wonderful they are. And now let's get scene 32, Master Shot set up. Let's go.
2: Everything you're saying is in line with my first film, Prosper. And when we get out to the AFM, the thing that I found to be so exciting but also overwhelming is that you have all these different markets, like I think it's like 160 markets or more, converging on the AFM at the same time.
1: When you say the phrase market there are geographic areas that are yep. called markets and then there are windows or revenue streams right. which are called markets i believe you're referring to geographical areas correct like That's you right. can make your feature film and have it never play in north america usa canada but the correct word is license. I'm gonna say the word sell it. Sell it to Italy, Germany, Japan, Korea, the Philippines, Ecuador, Brazil, South Africa, Israel. Those are the markets, your foreign sales is what correct. you're referring to. Right. Carry on.
2: Yeah, and so one of the biggest areas of mistakes we made is I was out there trying to sell a film that wasn't done yet. Correct,
1: because no matter how hard you push into an office, of somebody that has the ability to buy it's not gonna look good.
2: We actually had tons of interest and even some offers from some major buyers, but we couldn't deliver on the delivery date. I learned the buyers at every market have a window to close deals and move on. So after the AFM you have the EFM or the Berlin Festival.
1: There are about 3,000 to 5,000 film festivals in the world. Yes. However, only 12 to 15 mean anything. Because that's where the true buyers, the acquisition executive distributors, go to. Sundance, Cannes, Toronto, Telluride, Berlin, etc. Those are festivals, but there's some business going on there of people from coming and wanting theatrical distribution. Now... Once you license the rights to theatrical distribution in your nation, you're now left with all the other foreign territories. Then you don't go to a film festival, which you just did and were successful. Now you keep the rights to your foreign territories and you go to a film market where there are only really three major ones, but about four others. The biggest one is Cannes, which is Cannes market, but also at the same time there's the Cannes festival running on. So right now we're not talking about the Cannes festival. We're talking about the Can market. That's in France. Right. Then there's one in Santa Monica, California, which is nicknamed AFM, the American Film Market. Then there's one that's in Germany, at the same time as the Berlin Film Festival, which is called the EFM, European Film Market. So Korea, Busan is trying to put on one. Uh, Singapore is trying to put on a market. Argentina, they're trying to put one on for the South American nations. But the big three, Cannes, not the festival, the market, AFM, the American film market, and EFM, in Germany, European film market. I interrupted. You were saying something, Durante?
2: I had a lot of interest with this film. It was, you're familiar with the film Get Out. That made uh, Jordan Peele uh, a lot of money and made him hugely successful with his, I don't think his his directorial debut, maybe it was, or maybe it was the second film, but it made him really successful in in that whole.
1: He had a lot of experience from TV, Correct. He definitely has talent, and he got to refine the talent, craft his skills, right. television. I've never met him, but I'm sure he's an amazing individual. And then he got this sort of Hitchcockian yes, that's right. one location. There was a little bit more than one location, but he executed it really well. And for whatever reason, the world wanted it that week.
2: Large part was marketing too, but that being said, is my film Prosper was Jordan's film before it was Jordan's film. In other words, it's in the same space, same lane. Mm-hmm. That all being said, we had a lot of opportunity on the table that we missed simply because when I was asked what delivery date I could give the film by, we missed our mark. We still have to get a distribution deal, and we actually got the film in the con market. Um, with the distributor, and we actually got a couple of, uh, we got three international offers. But mm-hmm. the thing is, we missed a huge window of opportunity, simply because we could not deliver on the time frame that we stated that we could. It was a hard learning lesson. But the other thing I say is, the last time I saw you, you told me that, you were telling me that you're proud of me and all this other stuff, but you also told me, you said, well, you got your first one under your belt, your next one, you'll be able to raise more money, and you'll be able to make the film that you really want to make. And it's taken me, like I said, last month I saw you was probably six years ago. It's taken me that long to get back, back to a point of where now we have a legitimate budget of roughly about somewhere between four and five million dollars that we can make this next film coming up. And that's only because in the Atlanta market, there's obviously a lot of production work being done here.
1: No, George, George has what Louisiana used to have, what New Mexico has, yes. the tax credit deal. But have the state offering. It's, I'm not going to explain it during the conversation. Right. But Georgia, why everybody, not everybody, but why so much production is going on is because of the key phrase, Georgia of the 50 states in America. Georgia is one of the five or six states that has not a refund, not a rebate, not a grant, not a tax credit a transferable tax credit or an assumable tax credit, people explain it, which is a basic commodity, has nothing to do with the movie industry. And that's why a lot, that's why you'll have, let's say, your Starbucks or your local Costco or a Hilton Hotel will finance the movie with a million or two million dollars but from the state of Georgia, you get $5 million or $20 million tax credit. So they basically break even or made a little bit of money from the tax credit. And then it inspires, it gives you some revenue to make your movie from. That's the blessing of Georgia. Yes. And if you put the little photo of the highway sign, you are now entering Georgia. You get another 5 or 10% on top of it. So I guess you're putting in that little sign. <laughs> yeah, the, the
2: peach logo, right? George Peach logo.
1: Yeah. That's it. Put it in. <laughs>
2: That's right. Going back to the AFM real quick, once these guys have a package, and let's, let's back up for one moment. Can you help them understand what is the package that they should take to the AFM to go out and pitch producers that can come in and help them get their films made?
1: It, it always comes down to one simple thing. Who is the marketable name, the actor, he or she that you have attached, whose that name is so big that it's recognized in the Philippines, in South Africa, in Israel, in Brazil, in Croatia, in Scandinavia. So it in the package... I'm sure you have a script. I'm sure you have a budget. I'm sure you have a cinematographer. I'm sure you have an editor. I'm sure you have a music composer. Now, in film school, they'll call that a package. Okay. I, in my class, will call that a waste of paper. It's going to come down to, do you have the name? Okay. Do you have the name? you got to get the marketable name attached to it, and the markable names know they have power. Right. As I say, I mean, your your workshop and
2: course was tremendous in helping me get my footing. That's the biggest thing. It helped me get my footing and my confidence to move forward and advance forward and do what I was
1: doing. I'm always big on the phrase. I make it like a joke, but then I yelled to everybody, write it down. Everybody is, stop saying the word filmmaker. A producer, you're going forward with your four to five million dollar project. It's going to eventually be contingent upon the name and a name that is marketable in every nation around the world. And now, being a producer with numerous projects in various stages of development, here is a 4K camera. Go get two of them. Don't use this microphone that they have on the bottom. Right. Pay fifteen hundred, two thousand a week with a separate sound man. Now go get your ninety-page script. Keep. It, I'll let you keep it to one block since this is so portable. <laughs> and go make a movie for thirty thousand dollars. Right. So your producers, you've got a medium-budget international co-production that you're working at AFM. I am doing a very personal, independent micro-budget feature film with two Samsungs. There
2: you go. The production value you can get out of these phones these days is incredible, but it comes back down to lighting and everything, like you have in your workshop.
1: Don't obsess on lighting. It's not going to be lit that well. It's okay. Right. You're under the radar. Nobody can True. complain on you when you're making something for twenty to thirty thousand. It's a movie. It's ninety minutes running time. It's in frame. It's in focus, and we can hear the soundtrack. Sure, exactly. Don't obsess on lighting. That's it's right. In track, That's it's in focus, and we can hear it. And the actors are wonderful, but nobody's heard of them. Nobody can pick on you. Well, I'll tell you what, man. We... uh I think
2: we've got a lot of valuable information that you shared with us today, and I, I don't want to monopolize your time. I know you got other things going on today, and you were gracious enough to give me your time out of kind of out of the clear blue. But where can the audience find you and what you're doing and your workshop? Give us all the details on what you want us to know.
1: Thank you for the intro, too. <laughs> My pleasure. First off, I'm semi-retired. I used to put on the two-day film school 30 to 40 times a year throughout North America and Europe. Now I only do it when somebody, a government or a film commission at another nation brings me to the nation. But my half, I took my class and I put it into a streaming format. I did 20 hours of an hour at a time. This is budgeting. This is scheduling. This is screenwriting. This is directing. This is crewing. This is shooting. This is cinematography. This is lighting, editing, marketing, distributing, financing, profiting, etc. So it's 20 hours of streaming film school. Go to my website, www.webfilmschool.com. And by the way, in the marketing industry, we say, if you don't say it three times, they don't hear you. www.webfilmschool.com www.webfilmschool.com You'll see my face. You'll see the streaming film school. It's a click. No, it's actually two clicks. And you get 20 hours of me. It's totally, totally super cheap. The streaming film school 20 hours of me giving everybody a lovely kick in the butt with information of let's start your feature film filmmaking career. And now that this new world of Netflix, we call it FANG. Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google is here. The world, it's exploding again for low-budget, micro-budget, independent filmmakers that can get something done that's called a movie and get it to not the 3,000 festivals, one of the top 20 festivals, then that's going to get you sales. Happy filmmaking. Thank you for
2: having me. A very special thank you to my friend, Mr. Dove Simmons. For more on his instructional course, go to webfilmschool.com. And to you, my listeners, this is one of our very first episodes of the Expert Process podcast. Please bear with us as we continue to grow and fine tune the podcast. In the meantime, Feel free to reach out with any suggestions, show ideas, or guest referrals. And you can email me at smith.deronte, that's D-E-R-O-N-T-E, at gmail.com. As always, love, peace, and bacon grease, And we're out.
0: Thank you for tuning in to today's show. For only the best show notes, links, classes, and more go to the expert or follow us on Facebook at the expert process or hit us up on Instagram at the expert process. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review, subscribe and share.